At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. 77 WABC. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're going to do some money in politics with Liz Peek. Fox News contributor and syndicated columnist, and Steve Moore, uh, Freedom Works and Committee to Unleash Prosperity, and the author of Govzilla, and his WABC radio show, More Money, plays right after this show. So stick around for my pal Steve Moore. Um, so, kids, welcome back. Um, Steve Moore, I want to start with you on this. We've obviously $5 trillion in taxes on the Biden budget is pure insanity but i i we can talk about that I'll talk about anything you guys want to talk about on the budget but i i want to raise this point <clears throat> there is a massive expansion of social welfare benefit programs and i that that has not received the attention it ought to receive and i'll be honest with you i'm reading just <clears throat> reading dan clifton from strategus who follows this stuff He's got a laundry list. I, I'm already just back of the envelope about two and a half trillion of new spending. Uh, child tax credits, 430 billion. Uh, EITC, 155 billion. Family and medical leave, 325 billion. Uh, universal preschool and child care, 600 billion. Secondary education, 200 billion plus. Uh, premium uh, ACA tax credits, 183 billion. Um, Medicaid coverage, uh, non-medical Medicaid coverage, 200 billion. Okay, that's all in here. You know, food and stuff. That's the latest on the left. Um, so, so five trillion dollars, and and he's got probably three trillion in spending. Now he calls that a three trillion dollar deficit reduction package. That's utter nonsense. He won't even. Get, he wouldn't even get half of those revenues. By the way. Because uh, the economy would collapse and uh, people would avoid paying taxes. But the point is, Steve, with no work requirements, he this is a major left-wing expansion of government benefits. That's going on here underneath the headlines, underneath the hood. Boy, are you you've nailed it, my friend. And, and you know, you look at the massive welfare state we have already, mm-hmm. and almost none of those programs have as you just said, work requirements. And look, we're a rich country. We don't want people to go hungry. We don't want people to lose their homes. We don't want people to be in deprivation in this country. But we also, you know, the whole idea of these programs when they really began under Lyndon B. Johnson, I mean, he he talked about how this was going to be a hand up to people, not a handout. And now we're basically paying people not to work. And Mm -hmm. this is is a problem (laughs) not just for the overall American economy. Look, we have 10 million job openings today. So the, it, there's not a problem for people to find jobs. They are out there right now. How long that, <laughs> that surplus of jobs will last, I don't know. But the jobs are out there right now. Everything should have a work requirement. Bill Clinton was the Democratic president who signed this into law. And one last point, this, is, this budget is all about 
a kind of radical redistribution of income. Mm. And there is no I think you were recording some of these uh, these uh, things on your show the other day on your TV show. They don't even talk about growth. They don't talk about prosperity. Never. It's about, all about fairness and redistribution. It's about diversity, equity, yep. inclusion. It's about affirmative action. It's about redistribution. It's about punishing success. And it's about substituting government benefits for work. That's, That's right. what it is. Substi- uh, it's funny. I was talking to Kevin Kramer, Senator Kramer, earlier in the program about this. Um, he was quoting uh, Theodore Roosevelt, who lived in North Dakota for a long time, um, <laughs> and they claim him as their own. But uh, it's, it was it just uh, interesting because uh, Roosevelt called it the joy of work. And, Liz, this is something, you know, Bill Bennett talks about, um, a job well done, how good you feel. Uh, having completed a job well done. It's not about making $10 million or $10 billion. Whatever it is you do, you're working. And if you do something well, you feel good about it. You're happy. And that the left just does not acknowledge any of that. And so I'm just reading from Dan Clifton. I mean, there's more. I just don't want to waste all our time on it. <laughs> But the so the benefit increases they have in this budget is remarkable, absolutely yeah, and, remarkable. And and we can see the fallout from that, right? I mean, as you guys have already said, the labor participation rate is still way below where it was before COVID. Uh, Jay Powell talks about how the labor market is out of kilter. Well, he's right, and the reason is exactly this kind of spending, which started during COVID and now – continues. And I think, look, the budget that Biden put out there uh, isn't going to go anywhere, but it is an expression of how he thinks he'll win Mm -hmm. in 2024, because he will go to voters and he'll say, here's what I tried to do for you. I tried to give you more of a child tax credit. I tried to do this. And those nasty MAGA Republicans voted it down. Mm -hmm. That's that's what's going to happen here. It is not in any way, and by the way, shame on Janet Yellen for even pretending that this is a realistic budget or signing on to it as Treasury Secretary. This is in no way a sane proposal for what the government should do. After all, $6.8 trillion, that's the headline number. No one thinks that that, that, that is realistic, least of all Democrats who have to basically uh, defend these spending proposals in 2024. So it isn't real. It's, it, but but to, you, to your point, it really just embraces all the wrong values. And Joe Biden knows this. He talks about the dignity of work and how a job is important. Why doesn't he do something about that then in order to offer more Americans that opportunity? Look, and I think Ted Cruz was right. Cruz goes on Sean Hannity's show and basically says – uh, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren wrote this budget. Well, they, they are, have. They are running the White House. I mean, I, I mean, and their acolytes are in senior positions in the White House. Yep. I mean, I, I remember what happened, Steve. Joe Biden ran as the non-Bernie Sanders candidate. Mm-hmm. Remember all that? I'm not Bernie Sanders. So he won because the Democrats. Well, now, well, here it is. We're all Bernie Sanders now. <laughs> You're a Democrat. Yeah, I, we're all Bernie Sanders now. We're all I, Nixon said we're all Keynesians now. Yeah. Biden's saying we're all Bernie Sanders now. Well, 
I would actually say that Biden's <laughs> probably been worse than Bernie Sanders. With him. <laughs> because, I mean, at least Bernie Sanders, you know, is honest about, you know, what he's trying to do to the country. Look, I think a strategy for the Republicans, I don't know if they're going to do this, that they should, is let's bring this up to a vote in the House tomorrow. Yes. yes. Up or down? Where do you all stand on this? You know, I mean, this is an extremely unpopular uh, with any with working Americans. You know, the people who are most angry about paying people not to work are not people like us who have fun jobs. You know, we, we like what we do. We love what we do. We're very blessed. But, you know, the people are working really hard. You know, the people are working on construction crews and the people mm-hmm. are working in manufacturing and factories and the people, the nurses and the doctors who are there at three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And they come home and they see the next door neighbors yeah. getting all this cash benefit. And it's sort of blue collar America finds this to be offensive. It, I think um, <clears throat> that you just put it well, Liz, that this is a this is a uh, violation of our basic American values. And so uh, but I want to have one other thing, because you made this point on your again on your show the other day, but it needs to be amplified. This budget is a declaration of war against American business. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's what it is. At bottom, that's exactly what it is. It's a complete, and it's a to, it's a confrontational. Mm-hmm. It's in your face. It right? is it has no pretensions uh, about that. I mean, you go down just increase on American businesses in the history of this country is in this budget that Biden has put forward. That's why let's. I want to see where all these quote moderate Democrats. Let's see how they want. Are they vote up or down on this thing? But again, it's all a political calculation because, indeed, progressives, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, AOC, all those people, Joe Biden needed that wing of the party to support him in 2020, and he got it. And now he's afraid he's going to lose it again. Why? Because the number one issue to voters now is crime. And as Joe Biden begins to flip-flop on crime, he has to give them something else. So what he's going to give them in the other side, uh, you know, on the right hand, he's going to try and force through better crime uh, approaches on the on the left hand, he's going to talk about redistribu- re- redistributing the country's wealth and income. So it, it's it's not serious. I mean, I keep this is my tagline for this entire era we're in. These are not serious people. They're mm-hmm. not. They don't really seem to care about our country. And I think that is just such an alarming kind of proposal. But I think it's true. This is so interesting, though. The polls keep showing that. Almost uh, three fifths of Democrats don't want him to run. Yeah, I mean, is I mean, he's he's giving him three trillion dollars of new benefits, and he's taxing rich people, all those terrible MAGA Republicans, and he's taxing businesses, he's taxing everything, uh, but they still don't like him. They yeah. still don't want him to run. It's a very odd story. I don't know that I understand it, but that's what's going on politically. Uh, he's just not a popular guy. He really is not a popular guy. You know, so nobody, you know, nobody I mean, really loves Joe Biden. I mean, his wife loves him, I'm sure, but nobody you know, really loves Joe Biden. No, I, I'm not even sure Hunter likes him. <laughs> Larry, the only group that loves Joe Biden. I mean, go look at the recent Economist uh, poll because they go into pretty great depth on issues and subsectors of voters, et cetera. The only group still in his corner is Black voters, mm. and so an awful lot of what he does 
uh, is meant to solidify that support, because without them, he wouldn't have been the candidate in 2020. Without them, he certainly won't be the candidate or win in 2024. That is the only group. And by, by the way, an interesting phenomenon on many issues like crime and immigration, too. Hispanics now are way underwater on Joe Biden. Mm. They don't like what he's doing, even on immigration, which, of course, I think the administration thinks is a handout to uh, Hispanic Americans. It's not. They don't like it. And, and they don't the, like what he's doing on crime because their neighborhoods are under attack. And add so, to that, Asians. Yeah. Oh, Asi- my gosh. Asians own their own businesses. Yeah. And he's killing them. Yeah. I mean, and with education, too. Everything he does on education is terrible in their view. The, so the, the tax, a, the tax yeah. burden uh, in being imposed on small business, subchapter S, LLC, they're getting socked. They're getting socked with the Medicare tax, but they're getting socked with a higher income tax. This guy's jacking up the income tax. Who do you think pays that? Yeah. On incorporated businesses. I mean, it's fascinating. All right, we'll take a quick break, but this is a very difficult story, and it's up to the Republicans. I do, I, you know, McCarthy said to me the other day that he he put, he he might put a vote, put it to a vote in the House. It it won't pass. It absolutely will not pass. Anyway, kids, take a break. Liz Peake, Fox News, and uh, Steve Moore of uh, Committee to Unleash Prosperity. And Steve's got uh, more money coming up after these shows on many of these same ABC-affiliated stations. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. All right, welcome back, folks. We're talking money and politics. Stephanie Link. Uh, Stephanie Link. <laughs> Liz Peake. Uh, syndicated columnist, Fox News contributor, Steve Moore, Freedom Works, Committee to Unleash Prosperity, <clears throat> and more money, WABC Radio, more money right after this show. Um, kids, I want to talk about Kevin McCarthy, uh, who is really doing some good things, okay? Uh, one of which is they're putting up HR1, which I've talked about for months and months and months. In fact, he did invite me down, and we did our whole show from the – Rayburn Room there in the Capitol, the House side of the Capitol. And um, Kevin McCarthy made the announcement of H.R. 1, which in a sense uh, would unlock the spigots for oil and gas, a fabulous permitting bill, uh, which will pass the House. And I was most grateful for that. But he's done other things. I mean, this bill is very important. It's going to have support in the Senate. It's going to have bipartisan support in both houses. But Kevin McCarthy also completely outjocked uh, Democrats, left-wing Democrats, even Joe Biden, on the D.C. crime bill. Right, got a whole, what did he get, 35-something Democrats to vote for it and uh, got through the Senate easily. People thought, Steve, I'm going to start with you on this. People thought it was the Republicans who were divided uh, at each other's throats because it took Kevin, whatever, 15 ballots to become Speaker. Uh, Right now, it is the Republicans in the House, led by McCarthy, putting bills together, uh, out-jocking Biden, and it's the Democrats who look very divided on this. And I think McCarthy has played his cards extremely well and is a very powerful force for good right now, Steve Moore. Yeah, I agree with that, Larry. And I haven't always been the biggest fan of Kevin McCarthy's over the years. I mean, I kind of have run hot and cold on him. But I have to tell you, you know, you look back at what happened two months ago with that 
kind of coup that the uh, some of the hardcore conservatives had, the Freedom Caucus people. And even though I didn't agree with some of their tactics and I didn't agree with some of their things like vacating the chair, I think that that was a very, very useful um, kind of uh, stance that the conservatives took. And they got some concessions from the leadership, including Kevin McCarthy on, on, you know, getting to a balanced budget and all these other things. And what's so interesting, yeah, to how many ballots was it? 15 ballots. But you know what? Ever since then, mm. Kevin McCarthy has shown a lot of spinal fluid. Mm-hmm. He has stood up to Biden. It's like a new Kevin McCarthy. I love it. And I think he benefited. Frankly, I think he benefited from what happened. Mm. They just handed it over to him. And, and it's given the conservatives a voice in the House Republican caucus. Uh, so I, I agree with you. I like the new Kevin McCarthy. He's tough. And I saw when he was after he did the interview with you over in the Capitol, you know, and and I was coming on after him, you know, I shook his head. I said, Kevin, I've always always agreed with you, but I think you're doing exactly the right thing. I said, don't blink on the debt ceiling fight. And he just smiled and he said, we won't do it. So so I, I agree with you. I think there's a new Kevin McCarthy who is off to a great start. I mean, look, Liz, I, I'm a pushover when they did H.R. 1. On the permitting bill, that was easy. I was <laughs> a comp- in love. I w- right. I fell in love immediately. That's exactly right. And he invited, and I loved, and, and it was a great show uh, that we did in the Capitol. And he put that together. That was at his request, not ours. And that's a powerful bill because that's. I think a, that's. that's a, I think that's very cool. And congratulations on the show. Well, no, I, thanks. But, I, I, I thought that was really nifty. I, I would say, you know, uh, with all due respect, I was there ahead of you guys on this whole pushed by the conservative wing of the Republican Party to take a stand. And they've done it again, putting out a new budget uh, or proposals about a budget, which include cuts to federal spending, Mm. by the way, a return to Clinton era work requirements for public assistance uh, and an end to federal regulations and subsidies on domestic energy production. So, Uh you know what? I think these guys have emboldened Kevin McCarthy in a really important and constructive way and kind of gotten the Republican Party back on track. And I mean, I'm not I don't know. It it doesn't seem to me like what they're talking about most of the time is nutty. In fact, I think it's pretty constructive. He said several times we got around to the budget stuff. He talked to work fair and work requirements. He must Uh have said it half a dozen times. Right. I mean, that's really cool. And they will, he'll, there's no way he's going to do the increase the debt ceiling without substantial spending cuts. And wouldn't that be, but wouldn't that be something if he got through a return? You know, Joe Biden is, is making hay talking about how in that horrible whisper of his, Ronald Reagan had a 28% tax rate. How about the Republicans talking about Bill Clinton embraced workfare? Let's do it. I mean, that seems to me a pretty powerful change that could really be a very constructive thing for our country. By the way, Biden couldn't even get that attack right. <laughs> Reagan Reagan had, a 20, Reagan had a 28% top income tax exactly. rate. They're, exactly. They're, they're proposing from 21 to 28 on corporate yeah. taxes. So Biden is so dumb, he couldn't even get that right, for Christ's <laughs> sake. I mean, honest to God, if you're going to attack, get your tax right. He's never gotten the facts right. But again, McCarthy has the upper hand right now. They have the momentum right now. The Republican conference is very unified around these yeah. key subjects. And again, yeah. the, the D.C. crime bill was a big deal. 
Yeah. I mean, I want to go back. This permitting bill is a big deal because they've done everything right on on um, NEPA and um, one federal decision. It's all in there. And by the way, ironically, the permitting reforms are going to help the greenies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're going to be able to okay. dig, finally dig for uh, minerals for the batteries of the electric vehicles uh, and to put up uh, – uh, wind farms. I don't like wind farms, but I'm just saying this will help the greenies too. But look at the the idea guy has become McCarthy. The idea group has become the House Republican chairs and the rank and file. All right, and the Freedom Caucus. They're putting up the the Democrats look terrible right now. Yeah, well, I, I think they, they're, to your point, they don't have many new ideas, and all they're doing is doubling down on policies which haven't worked and that people aren't angry about. So. Yeah, I mean, let's see. Let's see some new ideas come in that are attached to success. I mean, where, you know, where is it written that we have to follow failed policies in order to make our country move forward? That doesn't seem like a winning idea to me. It's written in Das Kapital. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Steve, the Freedom Caucus—they've uh, come out with their own yeah. budget. Uh, I yep. guess we'll probably have Scott Perry on the show Monday, but. Um, they will work through uh, as part of a fairly unified conference. That's what's so interesting to me. Uh, and your point, both of your points, that the 15-ballot crucible has made Kevin McCarthy stronger and made the whole conference stronger. Yeah. And uh, Democrats beware. I think that's a very uh, important point. And um, I don't know, Bernie Sanders... We are all Bernie Sanders now. That's what we are. It's fascinating. Anyway, thank you, Liz Peek. Thank you, Steve Moore. Everybody listen to more money coming up right after this show. I'm Larry Kudlow. And uh, with any luck at all, technology permitting back here, we'll be with you next weekend once again.